welcome to the second season of Scene to Song, a musical theater podcast for people who love to discuss, critique, and celebrate musicals as a literary art form. I'm your host, Shoshana Greenberg, and each week I'll bring on a guest to talk about a musical, musical theater writer, or a topic or trend in musical theater. My guest today is Jessica Fleitman. Jessica writes plays, musical theater, and comedy, and is developing a musical adaptation of her award-winning play, The Average-Sized Mermaid. She is a recipient of the 2018 BMI Foundation Jerry Harrington Award for Outstanding Creative Achievement in Musical Theater, and a commission from the Sloan Foundation in collaboration with the Magic Theater. A member of the BMI Advanced Workshop, she also holds an MFA from NYU's Dramatic Writing Program. We're going to talk today about the musical, My Fair Lady. Hi, Jessica. Thanks for being on the podcast. Thanks so much for having me. This is awesome. Great. So we're going to get started with our get to know our guest questions. What was your first experience with a musical? I'm very lucky that I grew up in a house where my mom is a former opera singer and my dad is a theater lover. So... I can't actually remember a time where I wasn't aware that musical theater was a thing. We'd listen to cast albums in the car all the time, and to this day I get confused when people talk over music they're listening to on a car trip, because I'm like, no, we're all supposed to stop and listen, because that was kind of the um, the feeling there. Um, so I can't actually remember seeing like my very, very right. first musical because we would see touring productions and my mom was still performing a little bit when mm-hmm. I was young and like Gilbert and Sullivan kind oh, of things. Oh, nice. Playing like the mezzo roles in those. Mm-hmm. Um, but the first Broadway musical I ever saw, I was 10 years old and I saw Beauty and the Beast and nice. naturally it blew my mind and I yeah. thought it was the greatest. Nice. Yeah, that sounds a lot like my uh, childhood car rides, except instead of listening, we were singing along. Oh no, I, I didn't mean to imply we weren't singing along. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm sorry if I, you know, misled you. No, that makes sense to me. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Um, what is the last great musical you saw? The last great musical I saw, the one that really, really moved me and that I thought was just a masterpiece, was probably Next to Normal, which mm-hmm. I know is a couple years old now. Um, but that was the last time I remember, I remember being in the theater and being like, mm-hmm. I'm watching a masterpiece. I'm watching something that I haven't seen on stage before and something that yeah. is just incredible. Yeah. Um, it's funny that show. I actually I ended up seeing it five times, which is for me a lot. Oh, I I'm know. jealous. I'm like, jealous. But it was sort of inadvertent. Like I saw the off-Broadway uh, production of it oh, at I'd Second so, Stage. I'd be so interested because I heard it changed a lot. They, they're, all I remember that was different was there was a song about where she went to Costco and was like going around with like a shopping cart. I've heard about that. She kind of freaks out. And yeah, even, and like, that's where she has like her breakdown that right. they then moved to, I think it's just now she's, it's at the end of the opening or mm-hmm. I, I'm not exactly sure, sure how sure. it got all changed around, but um it was like Costco, Costco, where the lost go. That's the only line I can remember from it. <laughs> um, and I'm sure it was like a good song. I barely remember it, but I remember feeling like you could tell that this song didn't quite like work, or it, it was felt a little. It wasn't out doing place. enough for a living in the yeah. spot it was in. What older or classic show did you recently see for the first time? And what was your experience with it? I actually finally saw Gypsy all the way oh, through. Wow. I have always loved the soundtrack. I yeah. know what happens in it, but I've never actually sat down and read the book or mm-hmm. seen it. 
And one of my roommates awesomely has a Broadway HD account that she recently told me about and told me I was welcome to use. Yeah. So they have the Imelda Staunton production on there. Oh, interesting. So I watched that and I was just, I was like, yep, this is dope as hell. Like this (laughs) this musical (laughs) is awesome. Um, Because I mean, the score is incredible, obviously, but just how tight the book is Mm -hmm. and how good the dialogue is in those book scenes and the way it transitions from dialogue to song mm-hmm. so seamlessly yeah I just I was really just kind of blown away by it I'm like yeah this this lives up to the hype if you could require the president and uh or our government leaders to see one musical one that's not necessarily playing right now what would it be I don't know if I can choose one I think it's a tie between Scottsboro Boys mm. and Ragtime Interesting. so I feel yeah. like those are shows that maybe they would benefit from uh seeing <laughs> yeah 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 Scottsboro Boys um I feel like that needs to come around again I am always I think it would do better now like yeah. I think there was like kind of this optimistic feeling when it came out in terms yeah. of race we Did, hadn't like, yeah we hadn't gone through the gotten to the Black Lives Matter right Obama was president yeah. so while obviously racism was not done by any means right. I think kind of liberal New Yorkers were like isn't it great how far we've come? And I think it just feels mm-hmm. much more urgent yeah. right now, you know, in a way that I'm sure it always felt urgent to African-American audience yeah. members. But I think it would do better now if it came out now. Yeah, I do hope that comes back. Me too. In some way. Um, is there a musical, uh, one you saw recently or an older one, that you feel changed you or your life in some way? Yes. I would say... The musical Ragtime, which mm-hmm. I saw the original cast with yeah. my family when Same. I was yes, when <laughs> In I was previews. Yes. Oh man, I don't know if I saw previews, yeah. but I did see the original cast when I was twelve years old, mm-hmm. and I just remember being completely blown away and just knocked out yeah. jaw on the floor. Like I felt every emotion I think it's possible to feel in a theater, mm-hmm. and it made me realize what theater can do because it also gave me a bigger desire to engage in social justice, and that's followed me until today and my sister actually is super involved in social justice and she mm-hmm. also says that that musical oh, changed wow. her life in that so it's like we both got different things from it whereas yeah. I'm like I want to write theater that right. is social <laughs> has some sort of jo- social justice component she right it made like because what happened to like Cole House and the injustice of yeah. it bothered her mm-hmm. so much on a visceral level that it, like we can both sort of credit that musical in a strange way with setting us on our oh, on our paths so nice. because we were so yeah. moved by it that's great so that one for sure um, what's a musical people might be surprised to find out you love, and why would they be surprised? <laughs> I love this question. Um, I, I think people would be surprised to know that I love the musical Legally Blonde. Oh. I love that musical, and I think they'd be surprised because usually when I hear they're making a musical based on a movie, I'm mm-hmm. like, just tell an original story. Come on, yeah. you guys. Like... Um, and I also, I think people might think that the music is a little more pop than my usual aesthetic, but yeah. I think that musical just does such a great job telling that story and mm-hmm. is so fun and, yeah. um, kind of justifies its existence as a musical, which mm-hmm. I'm not sure, in my opinion, all adaptations right. <laughs> do. Yeah. So I just, you know, I wish it was a little woker in terms of like <laughs> the, there's some stuff about gay people in it that uh, doesn't, doesn't really need yeah. to be happening anymore, but it's like if they just, like, change that a little, little bit, you know, right. like, 
But I mean, I just, I love the center story of that. And just, mm-hmm. I think it's great. I think it's delightful. It has one of the best opening numbers. Oh, God. Like, yes. <laughs> I remember um, one time before before it came out uh, and before it opened on Broadway um, in one of my grad school classes, they played the opening numbers from the two, I guess, writing teams that tried out to oh, write it. Oh, interesting. And the, the first one was like... Um, you know, very just like generic pop, and mm-hmm. like then they played, oh my god, you guys, and we were everyone was like, whoa, <laughs> this is like the best song. It's so good, yeah. and it sets up everything so elegantly, yeah. and all the rhymes in it are so good. Mm-hmm. Like if I had to rhyme guys that many times in a right. song, I would be freaking out. But somehow they do it, and it just it works every time. Well, let's move on to our topic which I've kind of, uh, I've titled The Men in My Fair Lady, but (laughs) I guess we're we're talking about the musical My Fair Lady. Mm -hmm. Um, It, uh, as of this recording, it is, the revival is playing uh, at Lincoln Center. And uh, we're kind of, I guess, going to talk a little bit about that production of it as well. Um, But yeah, why don't we, I guess, just start with like what, where did your uh, desire to talk about this uh, topic come from? <laughs> sure. Um, I went to see the revival, and I was really excited to see it because mm-hmm. I hadn't ever seen it live. Like most people, I've just seen the movie, and it yeah. had been a long time since I've seen the movie. But I remember really loving it, and Audrey Hepburn being so beautiful, and the songs being great, mm-hmm. um, and it just being a really lovely story. And then I went and saw it and was basically appalled uh-huh. <laughs> the entire, like I didn't go into it being like right, right. let me find you know problematic elements and right. you know be a total killjoy yeah but it just it struck me that way watching it yeah um and I was with my fiance and he had the same mm-hmm. reaction and it was interesting because there were moments in it where I just like looked and the whole audience was like shifting uncomfortably at just kind huh. of the misogyny and the treatment yeah. of it um, and in this particular production, like, I guess, spoiler for this production that's been running for a while. It's okay. Um, <laughs> um, it's, it's clear that they're aware that there are these issues between um, rooting for Eliza and Henry Higgins to end up together because mm-hmm. he's so horrible to her. So they actually changed the ending. So she comes back in. He, you know, says, where the devil are my slippers? You know, kind of that famous last line. But instead mm-hmm. of staying, she leaves. And they kind yeah. of have her exit through the audience, which... We can talk about that later, maybe, but like yeah. uh, that's another thing. Yeah. Um, but to me, I was just like, it's it was so insufficient to address what the issues were right. in that show, and didn't really stand up to dramaturgical scrutiny, in mm-hmm. my opinion, because the show whole show was engineered as a romantic comedy right. almost, and then to have her leave at the end, it just feels while like that is motivated, it just didn't. It, it's, it doesn't work, you know, yeah. as a complete piece. And I'll say I did feel the same way um, about the ending. It, it didn't work for me, although I, I guess I appreciate them trying right. to do that. Right. But, but as you said, it just felt like put in there. Yeah, it felt shoehorned in. Yeah. yeah. Well, great. So let's talk about your uh, reactions, I guess, to, <laughs> to the this uh, book and score <laughs> and how the the male characters are uh, portrayed starting with uh, Henry Higgins the lead oh, man. character <laughs> <laughs> so 
I mean, I've remembered him kind of obviously being a narcissistic kind of jerk, but mm. there are just so many things I had forgotten where it's kind of inescapable that he's, like, the worst. Like, he is just a complete asshole. Mm-hmm. Like, he denies Eliza food. He, like, <laughs> makes her, like, work for, you know, nights and nights and nights without any sleep. Yeah. I mean, he is just the worst. And then... I mean, that would be a fine starting place if he's just the worst, but then we get kind of towards the end and, you know, he has what I guess is supposed to be his big, like, cathartic moment of, Mm -hmm. like, understanding that he has feelings for Eliza, which is, I've grown accustomed to her face, but even then, it's not like, oh, I, I, I love this woman, there's something that I want to, like, give to her, it's all about him He's not like, oh, like, I need to do something to be worthy of love or I need to change in any way. It's just like, oh, I've discovered I'm capable of feelings, which maybe (laughs) in the context of the time in which this was written was actually a bold statement. And I'm not even saying that glibly. Right, right. I mean, it's it's a start. (laughs) It's a start. It's a start. Um, But someone realizing they have the ability to fall in love isn't the same as convincing the audience that they're worthy of receiving that love. Mm -hmm. And he just – he never – Change, realizes he needs to change. He just realizes he has feelings, so they should obviously, he expects them to be reciprocated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, in this production, they are not, I guess, since she doesn't right, stick Right, right. No, totally, totally. But, yeah. But I guess I, I also wonder then, because you know how she comes back in the last scene? Yeah. Like, in this production, like, why was she coming back? That's, that was my question as well. Yeah, like... like what was her reason for like to see him one last time? Once one last time, or does she walk in and it's just it depends how he's gonna react, and then it's like oh he asked about the slippers, yeah. so she's like oh now I know for sure he can't. like I just wasn't right. or like she knew that he was gonna not know where his slippers were and like right <laughs> yeah I just final... don't like the I didn't understand yeah. besides the fact that like that's how it's written right why she was coming why she was coming back, back if yeah. she's just gonna leave which I guess is an example of how it doesn't quite feel like it all right. goes together. So I think you were also talking about let's just like comparing it to other, comparing it to today, but also like other shows of the fifties, sure, or sure, other sure. Learner and Low shows that have um, similar characters yeah, and I, how they differ. Yeah, I mean, I feel like you know in Camelot we we get Lancelot who at the beginning is kind of a charming, um, but super arrogant dude. He has that like his character establishment song is "Say Moi," like it's me, I'm the greatest, <laughs> which is like very Henry Higgins-ish of him. Um, But in that, part of what makes that love triangle interesting is that none of them are actually assholes. And Mm -hmm. he kind of goes through a change where it's very clear he loves her, and he says, you know, I could never leave you. He has that beautiful song. Yeah. Um, And what makes it interesting is also, because it's he's not a huge jerk, and Arthur's not a jerk, and they all have love for each other in different ways. Yeah. So it makes it, I think, a much more interesting... (laughs) thing and he's right. not mistreating everyone every five seconds so <laughs> that, that also is nice yeah and like I guess also comparing it to other shows of the 50s um are there any ones that I guess show uh similar characters but in a better a better way there are a lot of shows from that time that like have romantic leads who I enjoy and who are cool like Curly and mm-hmm. um Oklahoma, right. like it's clear that he has like respect and love mm-hmm. for Lori. Um, yeah. So it's not just looking at it through 
a modern lens of like this is not woke enough for me in 2019 it's not just like shows of the past right and considering that like it's based on the Shaw play where she does leave at the end and they changed it for the musical it's like any argument that you know I'm trying to be too modern it's like the source material had that ending right right and I mean you can always change source material unless there's some like contract but which they did but they didn't change it in the they didn't make it better. <laughs> right. They they wanted a romantic comedy, and yeah. so that's what they did. So kind of reverse engineering it. So it's a romantic comedy, but she leaves at the end is, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't quite work for me. <laughs> yeah. um, so let's talk about also the other men in the show, and there are a lot of them. Um, and uh, there's Eliza's dad. Mm-hmm. Um there's Pickering, and Freddie. Freddie. Um, how do you how do you see them being portrayed? Um, very bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Eliza's dad is very terrible because yeah. um, he basically is a drunk who it's pretty much implied has had nothing to do in mm-hmm. raising her or helping, but he begs for money from her all the time, yeah. and it's just like gross. Like it just it. It's gross, and we're we're he's like the comedy character, and yeah. I'm like, oh. like I think we also have entered a time where just like the drunk character is not funny <laughs> to us anymore. Um, but yeah. the drunk character, like um, using his you know daughter to <laughs> keep on drinking yeah. while doing a nothing is mm. um, yeah. And Pickering is I guess the closest to not being terrible, um, but then at the end, you know, he and Higgins have that you know. You said you could do it, you know, and then they, yeah. like, are just giving each other compliments, <laughs> um, which I get is supposed to be, like, a comedy moment, sort of, mm-hmm. and but he never has any self-awareness about it. Right. Um, and later on, you know, when, oh, God, I forget, like, the housekeeper's name. Stern lady with heart of gold is yeah. like, you know, I think <laughs> Professor Higgins will miss her, and Pickering's like, I'll miss her. It's like, it's all about yeah how they feel about, right you know, like, missing, like, yeah, she's, like, made a place in their life, but it's like, do they consider their part and why she right, right. left? And even the show, it seems to forgive him for that because later on, Eliza's like, you know, Pickering always treated me great. And it's like, no, he didn't, girl. He was <laughs> just in there taking compliments <laughs> from you. He was just a little better. Yeah, he was just slightly, so it made me... I guess if you compare. Yeah, it's like, yeah, exactly. When this bar is so low, I yeah. guess. You know, it's like, well, he, he still fed me sometimes, so I guess he's yeah. a, what a prince. I remember Freddie being like a sweet guy mm-hmm. and I love that song I think that song is absolutely yeah. beautiful on the street where on the street you where live, you live yeah. I love that song um but I forgot the part where he literally waits outside Eliza's house for days or maybe even weeks it's actually unclear what how yeah. long he's actually out there and he writes her multiple multi-page letters per day and she's completely ignoring him not giving him any right indication that this is what she wants or he should pursue it Mm-hmm. Um, and they've had like one conversation, right? And it's like I think we're supposed to find like it this kind of obsessive love mm-hmm. charming in some way. Yeah, it's definitely presented that way. Yeah, it's definitely presented that way. Um, but it's like it is actually straight up stalking. Like mm-hmm. he's <laughs> she's not indicating that she wants this in any way, right? Um, and it's it's just it's real creepy because the song by itself, great. The context makes it creepy. Yeah, there aren't really many female characters in the show no. it's like eliza the mother and the housekeeper, housekeeper lady whose who's name, name sorry housekeeper lady <laughs> <laughs> and like aside from the chorus members who yeah. happen to be female that's that's basically it yeah um so 
it's it's not really that great of a show for women in that respect. No, it's just, yep, there aren't that many female roles. It's like you can be like maid number three. It does feel like a man show that's about a woman, but it's really not. Yeah, no, it, it totally, yeah, it definitely has a very male perspective and is definitely, I would say, more like preoccupies itself more with what the men are thinking and mm-hmm. going through. Let's return to our discussion on the ending. Sure, sure, sure. I mean, it's interesting they decide to do that, and but what was interesting to me more was the conversation around it, how mm-hmm. that, like, fixes the show in some way, where right. it's like, as we've been talking about, there is so much in the show right. that would kind of need fixing for it to be, like, enjoyable to watch and, like, a decent relationship um, to root for. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, um, and there were, I mean, plenty of people I know really enjoyed the end. Yeah, no, I mean, a lot of people feel like it did fix it, and it yeah. absolutely addressed it, and I totally respect that perspective. I just mm-hmm. respectfully disagree. For me, yeah. like, my experience of it was not yeah. that it accomplished that. People just really enjoy this musical, and they want a reason to, like, to forgive no, for sure. that for aspect sure. of it. Um, I mean, and yeah, and I and then I kind of think like why why do we love this musical? Like why what is it about this show that you know we love and want to enjoy it despite the, or that many people want to enjoy it despite all these little flaws sure, that no, for are sure. evident. No, and I'm like and I yeah. and I totally get it because like I went into the theater really wanting to yeah, enjoy it, yeah. so I. Well, there's I mean, these, I mean, the music is beautiful. Be, I mean, gorgeous. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that score is absolutely yeah. incredible. I think that's honestly a, a lot of it. Yeah. Um, and that's no small thing that, right. you know, writing a score that beautiful is. Yeah. I mean, I think also, like, the movie probably has a lot to do with it, too. Like, yeah. many of us, many people grew up in the movie. It has Audrey Hepburn, mm-hmm. um, who doesn't do the singing in it. But then you have the soundtrack, which has Julie Andrews right, right. singing, and which everybody knows. Everybody knows her. Yep. So I think it, it just like has this, this like place where it's like, oh, I love singing some of those songs. and I think there's also something about Rex Harrison being in the original. Mm-hmm. Not that it excuses his behavior, but it's like, if you know musical theater, you know like yeah. him, and you know... Or you have a sense. I don't know. If it, I'm sure this is not actually true, but like, you're like, oh, it's Rex Harrison. He's a. We know he's a nice guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you know, there's something about like, like, you know, for better or for worse, some actors yeah. like it's almost like in How I Met Your Mother when Neil Patrick mm-hmm. Harris played Barney, who, oh, okay. who's like a character. It's not. It, it's but, yeah. not my favorite show, but there's a character, <laughs> and he's constantly like hitting on women uh-huh. and like doing a lot of things that are like honestly real creepy. <laughs> like. Yeah. Um, but it's like, oh, but it's Neil Patrick Harris, right. so we know he's harmless in a right. certain way. Yeah. Um, because if you just cast some rando person who was also a good actor mm-hmm. who didn't have some sort of public, right. you know, I don't public, presence, I don't, yeah, public so. presence or public currency kind yeah. of, or something that they bring to the role just by being them in yeah. the culture. Um, but I think. And again, I wasn't around in that time, but I know Rex Harrison was already, you know, a well-known mm-hmm. quantity by that time. And I think yeah. there is something about, it's like, oh, he's saying this, but he doesn't really mean it. You know, like, yeah. there's, there's something. <laughs> They're about, just acting. Right. But there's something about it that I'm not sure. 
and I am sure at least for me watching it yeah. live, that did not translate into his character. Right. Well, let's talk about Eliza now. Yeah. Since she is the main woman <laughs> in the show about her. Um, what would the show look like if it did really focus on her perspective mm-hmm. of um, going on her this journey? Sure. Yeah. I. It's interesting because what I love about Eliza at the beginning is she kind of puts this whole thing in motion because she wants to own a flower shop and mm-hmm. she wants some level of upward mobility that because of the way she speaks and the way right. London society works yeah. um, at that time, she can't. Yeah. Um, so she has, she has a dream. She has a goal. And at the end of the show, I don't think they ever return to that. Yeah. Like, I don't think it's ever even mentioned again. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would love to see her get her dream or be on, yeah. you know, on the way to starting that. Um, I also think there's this, there's a wonderful line um, towards the end of the show that I'm not sure if it was in the, the Shaw play as well, mm-hmm. but where she says something, I'm, I'm going to paraphrase it, I'm not going to quite get it right, that the real difference between a flower girl and a lady Mm-hmm. isn't how she speaks or even what she wears or how much money she has. It's how she's treated. Yeah. And I thought that was such a wonderful, mm-hmm. lovely insight. But yeah. that it's about like her understanding in this very like kind of segregated, class-filled mm-hmm. society that it's like, it has nothing to do with who I am. It right. has to do with these barriers and these distinctions that people have set up around me. Yeah. Um, and I think... That's a really interesting. Mm-hmm. That's a really interesting insight from yeah. her, and I wish we followed that journey mm-hmm. of hers mm-hmm. um, to understanding kind of, if not her own innate value, although right. I would want that for her as well. <laughs> right, right. But understanding that n- no one's better than anyone else by the state of their birth. Right. It's how people treat each other right. that makes the world <laughs> work in a certain yeah. way, or her world. Yeah, it's interesting too, like the her I want song, the wouldn't it be loverly mm-hmm. and just like all the things she says that she wants in that song. Um, like someone's head resting on my knee mm-hmm. and kind of thing. And so there, and like, so like the love, the, the love element is in there. No, for sure. It's but, pointing towards that. So there's like a whole picture of like her life in there that she kind of wants. Um, with this upward mobility. I also think it's interesting like to just think of the the way accents are like indicators of uh, class and like how people try to transcend like stories of people transcending their station by mm-hmm. losing a certain accent. Mm-hmm. Um like Working Girl the film which is sure. not a musical but maybe someday. And uh <laughs> I'm sure it's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> and just like it's just interesting like there's no there's never really any commentary in the like in those stories of like why that is a thing that has to happen. Like Right. Right. It's I mean, except for that, like, one line about it. Right. That, and, um, which is an important line in the show, but the, as she's going through this process of, like, learning, to, becoming a lady. Right. And, like, it's not learning. a critique of that system. It's the kind of thing where, like, yeah, it's not about that, but you're seeing it play out. And, yes. Like, like exactly. It, just, it's just, like, a weird feeling of, like... Well, it's this, an elephant in the room, and yeah. I just don't believe it wasn't an elephant in the room, even at that. Right. Right. Time. And I guess making Higgins kind of be a 
a jerk about it uh-huh. at the beginning. Yeah. I guess maybe is their way of critiquing it, but he never learns right. otherwise is the problem. Right. I mean, she... She, I mean, she in this version goes back to go, leaves mm-hmm. where we assume she now has upward more upward nobility mobility because she speaks better. But we don't know. Yeah, I mean, we don't know what that life's gonna look like. Right? If she's like, does she have any money? Like, I'm 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 worried about her a little right. bit. Like, not that she should stay with him, <laughs> but I'm like, what's what's the plan? You're gonna. Right. Stay with the mom. I mean, that would be awesome. I would see that sequel musical in a yeah. second. Just Eliza and Henry Higgins, like, sassy mom. Right, right. Chilling. Yeah. I'd watch the hell out of that. And that's a way that this new ending kind of lets us down because mm-hmm. in the original, we didn't have to worry about that because right. she's staying with him. Yeah. We didn't have to worry about, you know, right. if she had a plan, you yeah. know. But now it's... I mean, I guess, like, I admire her bravery in this version, but right. it also, it just doesn't feel set up to give me a satisfying... Right, I mean... You know, end. Yeah. In the end where she does stay with him. It's kind of like, this is the only proper ending, really. Right. <laughs> but but it's, I don't think it's grappling with that either. It's like, I think really. it's... I, I think they're trying to convince us, like, they're in love, and yeah. we should be like, oh yay. Which... I've never felt... <laughs> yeah. Well, it's for a show about two people falling in love, there's weirdly a lack of moments of connection between right. them that I see. Right. Um, like, all of a sudden, there's this thing where it's like, Eliza knows everything in the house. I'm like, you're telling me that, but, like, mm-hmm. you're not showing me. You know, like... Yeah. So And, like, I've grown accustomed to her face. Like, I... Oh, she's always here. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I want to hear. You know, that's the most romantic thing. It's like, well, you're always here. It's like, oh, my prince. Yeah. Stop wooing me with your words. Yeah. So, like, I guess then my question becomes, like, why why are we rooting for Eliza in this show if, like, it's it seems to be from her perspective or it, about her, but it's, it's more the men on top of that? I... Mean, I it's interesting because there are moments where I went in and out of rooting for her mm-hmm. in the show because she was being treated so poorly. Not yeah. that I expect someone who's being abused to have, like, the, quote, correct right. response to that. You know, obviously, yeah. it's complicated. But it made the first moment where I was like, no, Eliza, was when she's saying, I could have danced all night. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, he's oh, been such yeah. a freaking jerk. And then for five seconds, he dances with her, and she's like, now I'm in love, I guess. And I was like, yeah, I'm glad you brought up that song, because I I almost (laughs) forgot that I wanted to talk about it. I never looked at that song as a love song Interesting, interesting. with the movie. Uh To me, I mean, maybe because I was a kid and, like, didn't really understand, Mm -hmm. like, romantic relationships or whatever. But um, I just looked at it. She was so happy that she was able to do the correct pronunciation. That it just filled her up with so much joy, and that's why she was so happy and would, could dance all night. And then I love that. I mean, that's how I, I always saw it. And then I wish that's what was actually <laughs> happening. <laughs> and then, and then, like a few years ago, someone was like, "Oh no, that's a love song. She's happy because she really she's in love." And I was like, "What? <laughs> really? That's what it is?" Because. I never. Yeah, I had never. That's funny. No, I see why it. you thought that. But yeah, I think it is. You know, about him dancing with her. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's the focus of the song. <sighs> sadly, such a letdown. I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry <laughs> that. But yeah, and I feel like that. That's also a. It could be more about her. Her journey is. You know, as someone who's trying to gain, I guess, just upward mobility is like, or just 
become a better right. person or whatever, no, however and, you frame it. And it's sad because that moment is not celebrating her success. That moment is like, wow, this dude danced with me. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like it takes even her own focus right. off of her moment of accomplishment right. and re-centers yeah. it on her relationship with him right. in a way that... It's not about him. Like he doesn't I mean, quite feel earned um, yeah. to me. Yeah. Um, and it's a beautiful, again, gorgeous song. Yeah. I have nothing negative to say about the song itself, but just yeah. contextually it gives me icky feels. And yeah, well, now I, feel can't, out. I can't look at it the same way. I'm sorry. <laughs> I apologize. At least I wasn't the one to break you the news, You weren't the right? one to break the news. Okay. No, okay. somebody told me a few years ago, okay. well, and it was... That sounds was devastating, in, yeah. and I'm very sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so I know another thing we wanted to talk about is just what... What do we do with these musicals that um, you know that many people love? Obviously, are very like well written in the structural sense and the music sense, um, but are very problematic as this one is, as others are. What what is the solution? Just how are we? How do we present them today, or do we present them today? Yeah, no, I think it's tough because there's no simple, elegant. Mm-hmm. solution because on the one hand it's like really we're reviving carousel and my fair lady at the, the same, same exact time season, yeah. and then kiss me kate's coming in in a second yeah um which and again i love the music of all of those shows i love all of those musicals yeah. you know in a certain in a certain deep way mm-hmm. um but it's it's tough and i don't necessarily have a great answer but I do think yeah. part of the problem is that we're seeing a lot of the same musicals again and again mm-hmm. and we're not expanding kind of the canon of like stories about women right. and or by women yeah so like if Eliza's story is one of like an entire Broadway season that includes a lot more mm-hmm. you know empowered protagonists or, right right and I understand that like Broadway isn't like one producing organization that's choosing the entire season right um but I would I wish people would think more about, am I constantly just trotting out these kind of old war horses that, you know, have their problems, you know, to a contemporary audience, and am I never investing in something? Mm -hmm. Because every musical that ever was great, somebody took a risk bringing that, you know, to to the stage. Mm -hmm. Um, And I feel like it's just a lot of, I think, where a lot of the um, frustration is coming from, from, like, women, or at least for me, when I see that things are getting mm-hmm. revived, is like, okay, but people are writing new musicals now, right, too. Right. Um, so, like, sure, it's great to see a revival of whatever, mm-hmm. but it would be nice if, like, the whole season wasn't just, like, the only female characters we saw, or the majority of the female characters right. we saw were being, like, treated like crap, and we're supposed to find it romantic. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be... It would be nice. Yeah. Um, well... It basically, it seems that what it's going to be is that we're still going to get these productions and then people will just like write articles about their, how problematic they are yeah, the and, pieces. and uh, we'll just talk a lot about how problematic they are, but they'll still be done. And right. <laughs> and then, because, and also like, I'm not sure how I feel honestly about, a, you know, making adjustments to a piece of right. work. Right, right, right. Um, just ethically or artistically. Yeah, I mean, unless the, um, the writer is alive yeah. and able to do it, which right. I think happened in with Sheldon Harnick in uh, Fiorello with a, mm-hmm. with a line or two. But then again, at the beginning of when we started talking, I was like, well, they should just change that thing and one thing in Legally Blonde. Right, and it'll be right. Fine. So, I mean, it's, you know, it's hard, but I guess, yeah. like, I just feel that having Eliza 
um, stay or leave at the end is really a part of, built into the DNA of that show. Right. Whereas, um, you know, taking out the song from Legally Blonde, Is He Gay or European, right. which is just like a list of gay stereotypes basically <laughs> in song form. Um, yeah. With some clever lines, but still, like, literally the joke is like, is this person gay? Yeah. Um, which, it, it's a small, you know, moment that is not integral to the DNA of the show. Right. And could make it last longer in terms of, like, contemporary sensibilities. It just made me think of, I was at a Natural History Museum. Could have been this one in New York, but I was at the <laughs> Nat- Natural History Museum. And over one of the exhibits, it just says, problematic exhibit. What? And I was so interesting. And I was like, oh, I guess they're gonna take that one away soon. And my sister, who was with me, was like, I don't, I don't think so. I think they're just labeling it problematic exhibit, so you're aware that that uh, they're aware, that they're that, aware, yeah. but no, they're not. It's not going anywhere. <laughs> no, I mean, and maybe that's the way to do it because I, yeah. I think also like whitewashing history and pretending right. like nothing was ever an issue or reflected a point of view of the yeah. times. Like, I mean, I don't think that's the way to go about it. Yeah, I guess it's just like the context around which it's which it's presented. But then again, it's like, if we're going to have something that, you know, we're going to label like problematic musical as like, oh, we have to remember that we've done this. Why do we really then need to pour like all this money right. into a, like a big production of well, it? I do wish that on some of these shows that we consider problematic, they would mm-hmm. give people on the creative team or more people on the creative team mm-hmm. from the community for who it is problematic, mm-hmm. who it's problematic for. Yeah. Like this this direction was directed by Bartlett Cher, who yeah. is obviously a brilliant, wonderful director. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder what production we would have seen if there had been a female director or right. even if female directors want to touch this show. Right. And if they don't, which I understand, that mm-hmm. also says something. The recent production of Sunday in the Park with George that had the Sarner Lapine directing, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I just, it was a totally different show to me. I agree, I agree. It was like this perspective that um, wasn't there before. Yeah, and I love that production. Yeah. That was a great production, I thought. Yeah, that is interesting. Like, what would My Fair Lady look like with a woman director? And I'm sure it's happened in life. Yeah, and, in like, regionally. Sure, yeah. and the problems are Community. still problems. Yeah. And it's not, I don't think, like, no man can direct a story with a female protagonist, right? Or vice versa. Right, but, but you're still going to, but people see different things. People see different things in it, and I yeah. think, you know, instead of just kind of taking for granted that what we're seeing is okay, or if we just, like, have her leave at the end, yeah. it's all it's all good, and we all enjoyed our evening at the theater because mm-hmm. she left. Um, yeah. You know, I, I wonder right. if there's another perspective on that, because just well-intentioned dudes just aren't the same as like a woman bringing a woman's perspective right, to a right. thing you know it's just it's just not the same it's yeah. not through well-intentioned dudes fault it's just right. like that's just how it is right all right well let's move on yes. to our why is this so good section yay which um doesn't bring us too far afield because we will be talking about a song from my fair lady Woo-hoo. and uh this is the song Without You, um, which I keep singing in my head as, like, the song from Ren. Me too, every time, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, without, without you. Yeah, I know, I know. I keep singing the wrong but, one in my head, but too. But here it's Without You. Um, there it is. Yes, yes. This is um, why uh, emphasis is important. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so why did you pick this song to um, talk about why it's so good? Sure. Um, I wanted to pick a song from My Fair Lady that mm-hmm. I really love and one that I felt like really landed when I saw it in this production that I otherwise was like, yeah, ah, I'm annoyed. 
Um, Because in the song, she's really letting Henry Higgins Mm -hmm. have it. And she's really letting him have it in a way where the language she's using is language that he taught her. Yeah. And I love that because it's like he basically set himself up to be owned later by her brilliantly. (laughs) Um, You know, she says like, you know, and there still will be rain on that plane down in Spain. Even Mm -hmm. that will remain without you. Um, They do that little cute thing where it looks like they're going to rhyme but then they don't so it's like you do your friend who taught so well you can go to hartford hereford and hampshire you know so so funny i'm like oh and if the julie andrew is one of this she's just like so sassy yeah like i forget how sassy julie andrews can be because i think of her as like Mm -hmm. mary Mary poppins Poppins and like maria Maria, you know these very like lovely people and it's but in this she is like just so sassy and like just so over it What a fool I was, what a dominated fool, to think you were the earth and sky. What a fool I was, what an elevated fool, what a mutton-headed dolt was I. No, my reverberating friend, you are not the beginning and the end. There'll be spring every year without you. England still will be here without you. There'll be fruit on the tree and a shore by the sea. There'll be crumpets and tea without you. Art and music will thrive without you. Somehow Keats will survive without you. And there still will be rain on that plain down in Spain. Even that will remain without you. I can do. I love the imagery of, you know, without your pulling it, the tide comes in. Without your twirling it, the earth can mm-hmm. spin. Like, you're not God, dude. Right. Um, is, that, yeah. yeah. It, those lines are interesting because, like, at first I thought, I, I read them as though he had been pulling the pulling the tides <laughs> in. And, like, but with you don't do it, they'll still go. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Thing. No, that makes sense. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's, like, you don't you don't make the earth spin. Right, basically. and her recentering for herself and for him that he is not the mm-hmm. center of the universe. Yeah. Um, and that her life, she doesn't need him in her yeah. in her life. Um, yeah, I just, and I also just like the phrase, a mutton-headed dote. I mean, <laughs> come on, that's that's great. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just think it's, it's such a satisfying song. And there's something in the music as well where it's like she's not, she's so calm. Like there's something like, yeah. you know, like she's angry, but it's like a controlled, mm-hmm. like she's so in control in this song. Yes, she doesn't have like a breakdown. Yeah, it's not like emotional woman, you know, like, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. which there's nothing wrong with that. But it's just like, I'm thankful that it didn't go that way where she's yeah. just like, you know what, I'm done and you suck. Like I wish... In this production, I honestly wish it just ended after this song. <laughs> like, I would have been so satisfied. And that's when she leaves. It. Yeah, that's when, yeah. Well, because it's like, because then she sings this great song and then she comes back yeah. to him. So I guess she does need mm-hmm. him. But I don't know. I just, and I think it's a great song. I think it's an often overlooked song that people yeah. can use for like auditions and stuff because yeah. it's like a great soprano 
comedy, really something to play, something meaty going on. Yeah. Um, I love, I just, like, love the lyric progression in it. Mm-hmm. Like, um, when she gets to the uh, main verse, the, the first line is, there'll be spring every year without you. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of just, like, about the the shore and the tree and the crumpets and tea. Yep, and yep. then it gets into, like, a more, like, artistic like yeah. art, and art music, music and music poetry yep. and then a line about you know now i will give you some poetry this brain in space yeah <laughs> yeah yep. and then it goes into the the politics the land like the england the yeah windsor castle castles will, will stand in. without yeah. you yeah and then it gets like really like out there like the tide will still go yep. the earth will still spin the clouds will still still roll by no and, I, and then it comes like back to her like i won't feel alone without you i can stand yeah no i like, think i yeah i totally agree with all that i love that progression yeah. as well and also i think it goes from small to large so it's like it's almost yeah. like shrinking him in every right and his, his importance <laughs> and his influence like it starts yeah. with like oh like there will be spring without you but then literally like the yeah. whole world will be fine you yeah. know like you like, are so tiny and right, insignificant. insignificant yeah um so I just kind of love it because especially for someone who really thinks he's, you know, the be all end all yeah. of everything and certainly thinks he's the be all end all to her. Mm-hmm. I just I think it's, you know, the context is is great. The song itself is great. Um, and it's it's very delightful. And like it's a very it was interesting because when I re-listened to it before coming here, I don't mm-hmm. actually own. I realized the cast recording of My Fair Lady, which is very sad. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I went on YouTube, like, right. like one does, and people, a bunch of people had commented on it, being like, this song's so empowering. Yeah. This song, like, I went through a bad breakup recently and listened <laughs> to this song is making me feel so much better. So and it's like, that's not things that we would associate with My Fair Lady as a right. whole. Right, um, So I just, yeah. I kind of love that within, you know, yeah. kind of this show that I think does have so many problems in terms of what it's saying about mm-hmm. you know what's acceptable in yeah. terms of romantic love um i i just love that there's kind of this it has like true moment of one of the best breakups songs. yeah it has a great <laughs> it has a great like you know go screw yourself henry higgins moment even more than yeah. just you ate henry higgins you know, yeah which is also a great song but right yeah no i mean it does just real, and it just, also just like really shows her intelligence. Not that that was in doubt like right. throughout, but like, um, like just the the words she used, like, um, yeah, my reverberating friend. I don't even yeah. know what that means. Yeah, I know. I mean, yeah, no, it's so <laughs> it's so good. Um, and it's because Pygmalion on its own is kind of about a creation that mm-hmm. like outgrows her creator. Right. And here, I think we really see that that it's yeah. like he's given her a vocabulary to be like, bye, bitch, you know, <laughs> like, in a very eloquent way yeah. um, that she would not have had before. Right. Um, so, yeah, I just, I love that. Yeah. I just think it's, it's and delightful. It's not, and it's not just even in the vocabulary. It's the way she, like, puts in the, you know, you think I'm going to say hell, but I'm going to say Hartford. Hell. Right. And the music <laughs> itself is very, cla- again, like, there's a restraint to it. There's something very... Yeah. classy about it um mm-hmm. like it feels like 
what a lady would sing. It feels like a lady's music, you know, yeah. not in a bad way, but in like, right. a, I'm a classy, right. you know. Like, uh, yeah, like well I can stand on my yeah. own now. Still rule the land without you. Windsor Castle will stand without you. And without much ado, we can all muddle through without you. Without your pulling it, the tide comes in. Without your twirling it, the earth can spin. Without your pushing them, the clouds roll by. If they can do without you, ducky, so can I. I shall not feel alone without you. I can stand on my own without you. So go back in your shell, I can do bloody well without you. So let's move on to our final section, which is called Something Wonderful. Um, yeah, so we just talk about, you know, mention an upcoming or current uh, show, book, concert, thing in musical theater that we're excited about. A show that I'm really excited about that I'm going to try to see, I've not been able to get tickets yet, mm-hmm. is Be More Chill. Oh, yeah. Um, I know very little about it. Mm-hmm. I know the story of how, you know, yeah. it kind of it went on a crazy journey to Broadway. Right. Um, but I'm just, I'm so excited whenever something original yeah, actually, yeah. like, makes it makes to it. Broadway. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I've heard that it's awesome. By former podcast guest, Joe Iconis. Yay! <laughs> Yay! <laughs> well, cool. Thank you so much for being on the show. Yay, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, and now I'm going to go listen to My Fair Lady and think about how uh, it would be better with a uh, female perspective. Yes, yes. <laughs> Just listen to um, Without You a bunch of times and feel empowered. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> thank you all for listening to this episode of Scene to Song. Please write to us at scenetosong at gmail.com at any time with a comment or question about an episode, musical theater, or if you'd like to be a podcast guest. Scene to Song is now on Twitter at Scene Song. Follow us there, as well as on Facebook at Scene to Song with Shoshana Greenberg Podcast. And be sure to rate this podcast on iTunes, review, subscribe, and share it with your friends. The theme music you are hearing is by Julia Meinwald. And check back here in two weeks for our next episode.